Welcome back. You're listening to Nate the Hate on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Be sure to give the video a like and subscribe to the channel. We are making our march to 11,000 subscribers. And today's episode is dedicated to Calvin Atkinson, whom generally and graciously donated a hundred dollars. And it's also dedicated to the Zelda Sensei, who donated a very curious 10217. I believe the 217 is a reference to the date of the most recent Nintendo Direct that we are going to discuss today. And I'd like to thank both of you for your generosity and continued support. And I'd like to welcome in now my co-host, Modern Vintage Gamer. What's going on, mate? It's great to be here, and um, it's great to be back. I know we were off last week because there wasn't really much going on. Um, I think, you know, we, we tried to have uh, an episode a week, sometimes more, but in some cases when there isn't much news to talk about, we probably just, you know, take a little, little couple of days off and, and kind of just wait for something <laughs> big. But um, it's great to be back, and obviously we've got a lot of stuff to talk about today. Yes, we do have a lot of stuff to talk about today, and that is that Nintendo finally had a general Nintendo Direct. It wasn't a partner, it wasn't a mini, it wasn't an indie. It was the general. It was a general Direct, the one that we all know and love oh so much. And we're going to talk about that Direct. We're going to talk about our game of the show, how Nintendo may have inadvertently implied a release date for one of their hotly anticipated games, and also what does Nintendo Direct means for Nintendo's marketing throughout 2021 and how this may have given us a clue as to how Nintendo is going to shape their marketing strategy for the remainder of the year. But we're going to start with our Nintendo Direct game of show, and I'm curious as to what your choice will be. I was going to default to you and and ask you to go first, but I I will say, you know, there was a couple that probably could have taken the title. Um, There was a few things that I I liked, and I, I know we're going to get into that here shortly, but if I had to pick one, I would say Project Triangle Strategy was my pick of the show. Although it's something that is not going to come out um, until 2022, there is a demo that is available that I'm actively downloading as we speak. But what I liked about it was, obviously, it was a you know tactical RPG. Square Enix is involved. There's definitely that Final Fantasy Tactics vibe about the game. And it looked really, really kind of compelling. So I thought for me that was probably the standout. Yeah, I will agree with you there. Project Triangle Strategy was my game of the show. It is everything I've wanted from a tactical game. At least, you know, based on the trailer they showed, I I have the demo downloaded. I have not gotten a chance to play it yet. I will play it tonight. And I love that art style that the octopath traveler look the hd 2.5d visual style and everything about this game is just resonating with me right now and i'm hopeful that the gameplay of the demo is going to click with me because i'm a big fan of final fantasy tactics this does have vibes of tactics and uh tactic ogre Mm -hmm. yes both made by the same developers so we should definitely have some of that hint of both of those franchises here and the way you could use those environments you could burn down the house and inflict damage to things it's a really exciting project it is dated for 2022 that's a little disappointing that we are going to have a lengthy wait ahead of us but i love what the octopath traveler team did with that game and the fact that they've come out with a completely brand new game in a new genre has me excited we know their pedigree and 
some may get angry with this, but I found it humorous that you show a game like Project Triangle Strategy, and I understand that these are games that are going to be in two different genres, but if I'm Bravely Default, I have to feel a little embarrassed in terms of how amazing this game looks and how Bravely Default, after two demos, kind of just felt subpar. And maybe the full game is going to be really good. We'll know, you know, in the coming weeks, we'll have reviews out very soon. We'll see if the full game is good. But man, Project Triangle Strategy just seems like that's that tactical RPG that people have wanted for such a long time. And it it feels like it might have taken some of the excitement away from Bravely Default 2. But that may just be me. Uh, I, I do agree somewhat with that. Um, I, I, I also will add some caution there as well and say, you know, what we saw a Project Triangle Strategy. And again, I haven't played the demo yet, so maybe there there is some more than this. But I think... I think ultimately this is just more of a almost a I don't want to say a proof of concept but it's a a tightly curated sandbox where you can you know you can basically play a a, a small mission or something and that's what they showed us so it while while it did look very impressive and I do agree with you I love that 2.5D look about the that game and aesthetically and and you know the, the sound and the music was also something that really got me excited I don't know how much of a game there is right now of Project Triangle strategy in terms of is there a story, you know, what 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 happens, um, you know, there's lots of lots of questions that we don't know about and because the game does release in 2022 and look, for all we know it could be t- the tail end of 2022, so it may be uh-huh. a while before we hear about this game again. Um, you know, Bravely Default is is imminent, right? It's almost here, so I think I think we should definitely, um, you know, I, I I do agree with you on Bravely Default. I, I do think that it did steal some of its thunder, but I also feel like you know we're we're kind of comparing um, a a curated uh, you know commercial on a Nintendo Direct with a game that's just about there. So let's let's kind true. of wait and see you know how that that goes for for Project Triangle Strategy. Very true. And now we'll go into the contents of the Nintendo Direct itself. This was a 50-minute presentation, and there were a lot of announcements. There were 30 announcements in total, and I'll run through a quick list of them in order from how they listed on their press release. And one of the announcements was Splatoon 3. Yep. It's slated for 2022. They didn't particularly give out too much information here it was a nice little teaser trailer it showed that we are going to be in a new hub city we're not going to be in that main area from splatoon 2 they showed some new weapons like a bow weapon some customization options for your inkling and that there would be some new movement abilities for the four verse four turf wars but this is obviously a game that we're probably looking at a it's probably not releasing for another 16 months or so And this is how they concluded. This is how they ended today's presentation. And, you know, Splatoon is a very popular franchise. It is massive in Japan. It sells three-plus million units easily. Mm -hmm. So I understand why you'd want to announce a game this large. But I kind of look at it and say, you guys at Nintendo, you have other software that will be coming in 2021 did you really have to lean into a game like splatoon 3 right now in february of 2021 
couldn't this have waited maybe until E3 time or maybe even the second half of 2021 to you know start building up some anticipation for a new entry of Splatoon 3? I don't know if you had to do it right now. That's not a knock at the announcement itself or the game. It's more of the marketing strategy around it. Was this necessary this early on? And as I said, this is a game that is coming out at minimum 12 months from now. But I'd say it's much much more likely we're not going to see this game release until summer. Yeah. Or early summer of 2022. So let's say the May June time frame. So we're looking at 16 to 17 more months, and I just, I just wonder why now was the time they chose to highlight this new game. That's a really interesting point. I never really gave it too much thought. I think you know, but you're right. It, it is coming out in 2022, probably late summer. So there is a while to go. For me, I think. Honestly, Nate, I think Nintendo, obviously, you know, they have a lot, right? They have a lot that they haven't told us about yet. And I, I, I truly believe that, right? They they, ha- they still have a lot of aces up their sleeve that, that we will hear about during this year. But I think they were looking for that one more thing moment. And this is, I, I hate to say, it, but this was, you know, the best that they could kind of show us right now without obviously, um, you know, breaking NDAs or, or ruining anything for for developers, right? So I think I think this was the best that they had at, at this time. So, you know, for me it was it was a pretty good announcement, but I do question, you know, the timing. Because normally, you know, games that come out next year is something that, you know, Sony, you know, does or Microsoft does on mm-hmm. on their shows. Nintendo usually, if they're gonna announce something, it's most of the time it's pretty close right it's you know six months away maybe or um but this one was a little little you know different but i don't know i just kind of felt like maybe this was you know this year's direct um one more thing you know compared to the breath of the wild trailer which obviously blew everyone's socks off at the time so you know i i think that's ultimately what they did here now one thing that i am curious your for your thoughts on is When we see companies do this, like Microsoft had Perfect Dark at the Video Game Awards, we know that game is still a couple of years off. We know Sony does it with a lot of their projects, and that's to anticipate and build that hype for your new hardware. It's so people have something to look forward to. The Switch is established. Mm -hmm. You have Splatoon 2 on the platform already. You have nearly 80 million units sold in less than four years on the market. You have an established platform. Do you really need to do these teases of anticipation for things that are coming out a year plus, you know, down the line? Or is it I think I'm more surprised that Nintendo is bringing a full-fledged sequel to Splatoon 2 on the Switch instead of just waiting for their next generation of hardware. Yeah, or maybe a, a DLC because you know we we've talked about <laughs> Splatoon 2 DLC so yeah, I, I do agree with with what you're saying there. It, it, this isn't this is definitely a, a surprising announcement. Um, it's a good announcement, and I, I don't want to take it away from from the announcement because I think you're right. Splatoon is a beloved franchise. I like Splatoon. I'm a casual Splatoon player at best, but I always enjoy playing the game when I when I when I play it. I do like the announcement, but I also do question, yeah, the timing around this and the marketing around this because you're right. It this could be almost i don't want to say two years but it could it could be a long time before we we see this game actually come out and 
who knows what the landscape's going to be towards the end of next year when the game comes out as far as what kind of hardware we'll be we'll be playing this um, game on it's it's a very interesting point you make and no, i'm going to expand on that just a bit here and i think you bring up a good point there is that as we have discussed whether it is still 2021 or slips into 2022 nintendo is expected to introduce brand new hardware and the question that it always encompasses this topic is is nintendo positioning it as a revision similar to a playstation 4 pro or could nintendo be going more along the route of mobile devices of this is our successor we're not going to position it as a successor Mm -hmm. because we're going to have a shared software library for let's say you know maybe two years and then we're going to slowly wean away from that old hardware and we're going to lean into this more modern hardware and every four to five years we're going to cycle out so that iterative console generation nintendo might be doing away with and that's where i could see a game like splatoon 3 being announced because it is going to come to the switch you currently own but it's also going to be playable on that new switch that will launch either later this year or you know early next year Mm -hmm. you're going to get benefits either via a patch or you know whatever you're going to get those enhancements and it's going to almost... I mean, they could position Splatoon 3 very easily as a launch title. Yes. For that revision hardware and get all the bells and whistles of whatever that hardware introduces. And at the same time, by announcing it now for Switch, when that revision is announced, you kind of are saying, don't worry. Mm-hmm. If you're happy with your current Switch, you still have these games to look forward to. We're still supporting you. But we also want to make sure that our new releases are going to take advantage of that hardware. And that's the thought that crossed my mind with this announcement. Yeah. I I, th- I, th- I think that anything that's announced for 2022, you have to mm-hmm. be, you have to wonder, are they, are they kind of aligning that, that date with, you know, new hardware and the, yes. you just can't rule that out with, with this one. You could be absolutely on the money with this. This could be a game that, could launch with you know day and date with revision mm-hmm. hardware and i think anything that's 2022 you have to you have to think about in that in those ways and i don't, I don't want to sit on this topic for too long i'll i'll bring it back up into in the second half of this discussion so we'll move on to the next announcement and that's brand new super smash brothers characters they introduced xenoblade chronicle 2 fighters and we all know you're a huge Xenoblade Chronicle 2 fan. I love the game. What did you think of the introduction of Pyra and Mithra? It didn't really do much for me. Um, that's not to say that, that some people weren't hyped with this announcement. I think you know fans of Xenoblade would be pretty excited about this. Look, I'm I'm a again, I'm a casual Smash Smash Brothers player, so I didn't really feel like it was a, a great addition. But I also do respect that that you know um, Sakurai has has introduced these characters as well. Look, compared to Sephiroth last time, which was a pretty hype announcement in 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 anyone's book, this one did feel a little grounded. I will say um, it, it was okay. It was okay. Was it a great way to start a Nintendo Direct? 
I'm not sure either on that, but um, it, it was fine. My question is though: Is this two characters? You know that like that's filling the roster because you know we we keep hearing there's only a few characters left, right? Is this this count as two or just count as one? Just just counts as one. We still right. have two characters left to this pack. Okay, that will be released before the end of this year, so we still have a couple to look forward to. Yep, I'm still hoping for um, Master Chief. Don't know if it'll ever happen though. Master Chief would be a big announcement if and if that ever happens what did you think about um pyra and mithra by the way um you know what i i enjoy xenoblade chronicles 2 for what it is i'm not in love with the game i was a far bigger fan of the first game or xeno and xenoblade chronicles x i think it's good that we had more female representation in the smash character roster and, you know, these are our fine choice. You know, more sword characters. That's what everyone wants, right? Um, I didn't get overly excited for the announcement. It kind of felt like, oh, we're finally getting Xenoblade Chronicle 2 representation in the game. It felt like a long time coming. It just didn't, wow. It wasn't a shocking reveal. It yeah. was a, it was just good. That's I, how I guess. I also I think, you know, everyone's talking about Rai, Hobusa, and Dante, and Crash. <laughs> This just, again, it just cements the fact that no one has a clue what's coming <laughs> next. No one does. Like, no. I think, think about the most out there pick, which is not completely insane, like Master Chief. Because I, look, Master Chief is something that I keep saying, but is it really going to happen? I don't, I probably not. I mean, let's be honest, right? Um, but it just if you think a little outside the box, um, you know, you got a better chance of picking who the next character might be, but, uh, yeah, I mean, this one was probably not something that a lot of people had had their money on. No, if I would have looked at recent releases or how Nintendo typically chooses first-party games if they want to market a certain product, I would have thought maybe they would have chosen the Avatar character from Ring Fit or even a new Pokemon because we know it's Pokemon's anniversary this month. We know we're going to have a new Pokemon game at the end of this year. So I was kind of thinking a new Pokemon would have been the most recent introduction and not a character for Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Mm. So it does. It goes to show it's really tough to predict what character is going to be chosen. And there's really no rhyme or reason to it. It's Nintendo sits down and says, well, who do fans want? What's popular? And a lot of the choices definitely feel more japanese oriented than western and that's like i think that's the one knock against master chief getting placed in smash brothers it's just does anyone in japan really care about master chief that's a great point i mean (laughs) you do have to wonder and i mean does does sakurai care about master chief as well you know enough to right i mean obviously terry bogard was was something he was very passionate about being Mm -hmm. someone who played neo geo back in back in the day in the arcades and everything so you're right. It's it's also about how he feels about about the, the particular character. We then had a brand new Mario Golf game announced for Switch titled Mario Golf Super Rush. Now this is a it's return to form. It's going to have a story mode where you play as your me character, you get experience points to power up your stats, and the trailer also introduced speed golf which is you tee off and then you run down the course and you hit your next shot and you eventually, you know, get onto the green and then you putt it. And it's who can finish a game of golf fastest. 
very unique mode. I could see it being fun, especially in a group with friends where it's, you know, you're probably pushing each other or you're cutting them off on the course and trying to slow their character down. Nice chaotic mode. But my focus and interest would be story mode. I hope it is very similar to what we got with the Mario Golf on the Game Boy Color. That was the best Mario Golf. And with Golf Story out there, I think Nintendo and the folks at Camelot may have felt some pressure to deliver the Mario Golf that everyone has been waiting for. And hopefully this is that answer. I think they will. I mean, Camelot, obviously, with them at the helm, the the game will be in good hands. I do think (laughs) you're right. I, I do think they have some competition with Golf Story. And I think that they will deliver a good game for us. I like Mario Golf, and, and you're right. I, I, I love the earlier games that, that came out. So I'll definitely be checking this one out. This was, I think, you know, Project Triangle Strategy was, was my pick, but this one was was number two for me. It was, it was a pretty good announcement. Yeah, this was a good announcement. It's, you know, we haven't had a Mario Golf in a while, and it's nice to see the series come back. It looks like a lot of fun. I enjoy golf games. I enjoy golfing in real life as well. So it was kind of that game of, you know, I'll sit down and play this when it comes out in June of this year. And I'm just hopeful that they nail those multiplayer modes and that the single player is fleshed out enough that it keeps me invested and returning. Because the one thing with a golf game is a lot of the developers, they nail the mechanics. Yeah. And based on the trailer, it looks like they do have the mechanics down packed. That's one area that Camelot had done well. They know, you know, how to putt put a good putting system into place, chipping, driving, all of that. It's just a single player was always lackluster, where it was, why am I playing this? Yeah, And it looks like they have that figured out with the story mode, the speed mode. That can be a lot of fun, I think, with friends, especially if you can play it online. I could see, you know, us playing it, maybe one spawn cast recording when things are slow and we're running down the fairway yeah, this trying is, to get to our ball first. This is our clubhouse games for 2021. <laughs> Maybe. I'm going to have to challenge Sean to some <laughs> some chip and putt and see who wins so I can humiliate him on one of his live streams again. <laughs> then had Project Triangle Strategy, the Octopath developer's tactical rpg that we touched on earlier as our game of the show and it looks fantastic if you haven't given the demo a download i encourage everyone to do so check it out for yourself and let us know your thoughts on the demo in the comment section we then had a surprising announcement in the form of star wars hunters a mobile game from how do you pronounce their name zynga zynga yeah yeah this one Um, this one looked I mean, we didn't see anything of this game, but no, like I, it's a mobile I game. this doesn't look very good. <laughs> this was something that they they threw into the direct at in, at the last minute. You know, it's my my problem. My biggest issue with the Star Wars license now that EA has lost, you know, the exclusivity. Not not necessarily that they they did great stuff in recent times, but you know, they they did some decent stuff. Squadrons was good and. Um, you know, some of the later games were pretty good. It looked like they were returning to form somewhat with with the Star Wars franchise. But now that it's kind of open season on any any publisher out there can get the Star Wars license and 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 make these games. And I, I do wonder if that's going to have a negative effect on all these kind of shovelware Star Wars games. And look, 
we haven't seen hunters, but I'm not really expecting anything great here. Yeah, when you look at the developer pedigree, kind of not going to have high hopes here. Maybe they surprise us, but at the end of the day, I feel like this is just going to be a mobile game that was brought to the Switch. It's probably going to be loaded with microtransactions, and yep. it's going to be... It'll have its audience. For those who will enjoy the style of game, I hope you do. This is just a game I look at very cautiously, and I'm not a big Star Wars fan to begin with, so it really had no appeal to me, even in the limited way that they presented it. And speaking of a limited appealing game, Nintendo decided to bring back, of all franchises, Miitopia. Now, this was a game that was on the 3DS, and it's an RPG. You use your Mii characters, you fight the Dark Lord. It's original in its own distinct way, but I'm really curious as to why of all franchises to bring back this late into a generation, they decided to go with something like Miitopia. Did you play the 3DS game? No, I I don't even know why this is coming back. Like <laughs> let's 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 imagine, right? We're in Nintendo of Japan's boardroom and someone walks in with a pitch deck to to bring this game back. How how did this game get greenlit? We'll be back after a quick break. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomized genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that owl has to be an action adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The <laughs> way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the Gaming Blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now. Um, I'd say just because it's a light-hearted, casual RPG, I'd imagine it was greenlit because they said, "Let's make." an lighthearted RPG that the children can play on their Switch Lite, mm-hmm. and that's how it happened. Yeah, I mean, because th- there's definitely, I there's, th- this, this definitely is for, for kids and, and that demographic, and I'm, not, I'm definitely not knocking that. I just, this was a, a weird announcement to me. Like, when, when this was going on, I think it was like halfway through the show, I was mm-hmm. really starting to, to feel like, wow, this director is... is not going to be a particularly memorable <laughs> one, you know. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was definitely an out there announcement. I was like, okay, like that's not what you're anticipating from Nintendo. Like, good on you guys for continuing to make these quirky games. But I don't think anyone had Metopia on their bingo card for the first direct of 2021. Right. We then had EA finally detailed the remaining two games for their seven-game lineup for Switch. And it's called Knockout City. It's from Velen Studios. They were also the developers of Mario Kart Live. It's Knockout City, and it is a dodgeball arena game, or as they put it, dodge brawl, where you throw, catch, pass, dodge, and tackle your way to dominance. Um... This is one of those games that I think had Nintendo had a service like a Game Pass or PlayStation Plus or Xbox Live Gold and it were free for the first month, it would build that audience. 
I don't know if I see people dropping money yeah. to become part of this game's social, you know, social network and building a big enough community that the game remains active after those first couple of weeks. It's not because it doesn't look fun. It's just a lot to ask a person to commit to an online multiplayer game of a new IP because you're not going to take that gamble that you could potentially hate it. I mean, let's be let's be real. So what's going to happen here is this game is, is going to get some hype. They're going to throw money at streamers and influencers to push this game and stream it try to get that buzz but look this game is going to be dead on arrival like after a couple of weeks like no one is going to want to play this game after that Uh, there has to be a hook here and it has to be a a real hook not not something that Mm -hmm. that was you know that was um hyped up on on a live stream you know with an influencer that was was paid to, to play the game now, if it if it's a scenario like Among Us where like a few months goes by and then someone starts playing it that is you know predominant YouTuber or something without without being um, paid to do do so, then yeah, sure the game may get get some traction and become a, a big title. But the odds are very much against this game actually being anything beyond you know like the first month or so of of its launch. Yeah. I mean, they did say that there are going to be upcoming beta tests. They're going to have limited time events. And that's good. That way you can, you know, we as the player can give it a try, see if it's something that interests us. But I'm just having flashbacks to Ninjala. We had <laughs> yeah. we had beta for that. People played it. Yeah, that's a How great How many point. people are continuing to play Ninjala since it launched? Dude, I totally forgot about that game. I'm not making that up. I, I legitimately forgot about that game until you mentioned it again you're right absolutely right and that's like i I know it sounds like we're being hard on this game it's more of that's just the nature of the industry and the current environment of the industry is you really need to have something unique to stand out and when we have so many of these arena based multiplayer games be it fall guys which was announced for switch in the direct rocket league you have to compete against those games and you're also competing against especially on a Nintendo platform, Mario Kart, Super Smash Brothers. That's a lot of competition. And I do hope the development team finds success with Knockout City. I hope it works out well for them. And, you know, when the beta is announced and it is available, I will be online playing it. And I hope it impresses me enough that I can convince myself to purchase this game. But it's definitely going to be a challenge. And... Ironically enough, the next game on the list was Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout. It's going to come to Switch this summer, and I never played it on the PlayStation 4. I didn't have PlayStation Plus when it launched, so I never gave it a try. And you correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like the Fall Guys hype has kind of diminished. Yep, I never played the game either, but I mean, look around, right? No one's talking about this game anymore. What should have happened here, and look, there's always a lot of a lot of forces at play that may may not make this possible but what should have happened in a perfect world in a in a vacuum is that this game should have been developed for the switch at the same time as the mainline pc version that that made them successful and it should have come out not necessarily day and date but around day and date of of that original game and i think they would have definitely reaped the rewards of of you know the success that that game had 
unfortunately it's it's a cool announcement and uh, you know it's it's great that it's coming out on the switch i may i may check it out but it's just too late like it's too little too late i think it's they just missed their window on this one yeah i think it's going to find success for like kind of like the knockout city i could see it have one to three months of success on the switch because i think some people are going to get back into it we all know our good friend sean from rgt 85 despite his lies of him not playing fall guys when it comes to switch we know he's going to give it a download he's going to be playing it and i could see that give it that maybe that second spark a second wind if you will yeah it's just a question of how long is that second wind going to last until the dying gasp it could be a few months well, we'll I, find out when it launches this summer. I will tell you that the online has to be flawless because yes. if if it's not, um, even if it's spotty for the first you know week, and then they're like, "We got a patch coming to fix it," that may be too late. So everything right. the, the everything is against this game being successful long term. So they have to make sure that this is you know is an ultimate knockout, literally, for it to mm-hmm. to do well absolutely we then have this was an interesting release nintendo is publishing it it is dc superhero girls teen power now if you remember nintendo has previously published a marvel game with marvel uh, ultimate alliance 3 mm-hmm. and now they're publishing a dc superhero game and i know nothing about dc superhero girls teen power i don't watch Cartoon Network anymore. I don't have children. But from what I've heard from friends, this is a very popular TV show and that this game has great potential to sell really well for the platform when it comes out on June 4th. Um, based on the footage shown, it looks like a neat little superhero game, especially, you know, it's designed for children and young teens, I'd say. I simply don't know enough about the franchise to really comment on it beyond this it looks like it'll probably be fun for fans of this particular franchise though i don't know anything about this game and (laughs) when they showed this when they showed this i didn't really think much of it i mean it's it's definitely not a game for me right i mean i i I think to your point there's definitely an audience here that will really enjoy this game but Mm -hmm. nothing that i'm interested in Now, these two games are something that have my interest, and it's because this franchise has never come to North America before. This is the first time they are translated, and it is Famicom Detective Club, The Missing Heir, and Famicom Detective Club, The Girl Who Stands Behind. And the animation in this game looks amazing. The character design, everything about it looks fantastic. And they come out in May, and... I wish they were having a retail release with both games on a single cart because this is that type of game I want to have a physical copy of. And it just looks like a really good visual novel. Yeah, definitely. The biggest surprise of the Direct for me was was Famicom Detective Club. Uh, I'm, I'm all over this game when it comes out. I was very, very excited about this when they announced it. And this was pretty early on in the show, and I was getting pretty hyped about it. I do agree with you. I want to see a physical. I don't want Nintendo to do the same thing where, you know, once the Wii, uh, once the the Switch goes away, this game gets lost again. You know, or this game mm-hmm. gets lost as a digital release that never got a physical. So, 
hopefully you know this will will do well and they'll, they'll get get us a physical of it at some point but um either yeah. way either way exciting announcement and one i'm definitely gonna check out yeah i really like the visual visual style on display i like the the way the characters were animated the music has that nice classic feel to it i'm really excited for this release and definitely definitely one of the key surprises of the general direct today that had ea date their final switch game and it's plants versus zombies battle for neighborville complete edition now this is something we've talked about a bit over the last year or so implying that the game was coming to switch and i'd say the most exciting part of this release isn't even the game itself it's that ea actually had to get frostbite running on the switch yep and this was an engine that i remember when the nx was still prototyped and just known as nx you had developers laugh at the idea of frostbite being able to run on the platform but it's amazing when a platform has 80 million install base and you are a publisher looking to make money at what you can make happen with an engine when you really put your mind and money to work and you know this is a game it's been out now for i believe well over a year now on other platforms it's a multiplayer shooting game where you can play as plants or zombies uh it's probably another one of those games it's probably going to struggle a bit to find a base on the nintendo switch i'm sure it'll have a dedicated small community i i'll check it out i'm just curious to see how well they got the engine running on the platform yeah i don't believe this means madden or battlefield or anything else that's running on the frostbite engine is going to come to switch all of a sudden i think this was kind of a one-off deal and i believe the developers that they employed to make this port re- become reality was q lock mm-hmm. yeah i agree with you on this one um i'll probably check it out only because i'm interested in the engine i'd like to see digital foundry do a, an analysis of this as well but mm-hmm. just i think one thing we should keep in mind is even though you know it's frostbite what's missing like is it is it really frostbite as in the complete thing which means that other things can now be ported or is it frostbite light that was was developed or was was made available so so this game could could come to the switch if that makes sense so i think um we'll definitely learn more about that as we go but look if they do have frostbite as in the 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 full bells and whistles engine running on the switch that that's a pretty pretty big uh big achievement and um you know hopefully it's not the last that we see of it yeah it's something you'd be curious to see if we do end up with any other frostbite engine games on the platform but when you look at that lineup from ea that uses this engine i believe it was mass effect andromeda used frostbite yep madden uses it battlefield i believe fifa also transitioned to it i mean EA is still so weird with the Switch platform and what they bring to it. I don't know if I don't know if this engine is going to be enough for them to say, "Oh, let's commit to the Switch." Maybe the next Switch or maybe the revision will be when EA really yeah. notices that they can make money on the platform and now they have the power to make ports more readily available but with the current switch I just don't see EA support changing anytime soon. You do wonder if if that's what they what they're planning getting frostbite on the switch not necessarily taking advantage of it but having it available as that you know that that wild card up their sleeve 
when when the Switch Pro comes out. Yeah, almost like this was their this was their beta test. They said, yep. "Let's see how we can get it running, how well it works." Like, "Oh, we got it well enough. We can put this game on." Like, "Okay, let's do that." And now we have that working base. So when we do have that, you know, Switch Pro, the revision come out, we know it works. We now have better tools. We have more hardware power. Now it's going to open new doors for us to maybe bring Madden to a Nintendo system again. But, you know, companies do all that. They do that type of experimentation all the time. You just never really notice it until after the fact. They then had Legend of Mana announced by Square Enix. This is fully remastered HD graphics. It's coming out June 24th. I have not played a Legend of Mana game or in that franchise in a long time. So this is, this is a, I'd say this announcement got me curious. I'm interested, but I'm not convinced yet. I'm um, I'm low key excited about this. I'm I'm keeping my my hype levels, you know, at a, at a good good level. I guess I think this could be really good, but I also want to make sure that they put the appropriate amount of work into this this game um, because, you know, if you go back and play an old game from that era, it, they're quite rough around the edges. So hopefully they'll they'll you know fix it up in the places that it needs to, but. The mm-hmm. the presentation of the game looked good. Uh, it definitely got my interest. I like the the HD graphics that they remastered. There's rearranged music. I'll definitely check it out when it comes out. Yeah, I believe the last Mana game I played, I got the the Mana Collection. I came to Switch a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I mean, that was a nice little compilation. So this one will be on my radar. I don't know if I'd pick it up at launch. It might be one of those games I wait for it to, you know on sale yeah just because there's a lot of it's a lot of exciting releases this year something unfortunately has to fall by the wayside mm-hmm. you then had outer wilds now this was a game that was highly talked about a couple of years ago when it released on other platforms it's finally making its way to the switch this summer it is a very well-renowned indie game you go through space you're in a space program you're searching for answers answers in a solar system you know you explore the remnants of extinct civilizations have you played outer wilds at all no i i've heard great things about this game and i I will say that i may pick it up and check it out i mean if i'm going to play it i'm going to play it on the switch and if if this game is as good as what i've i keep hearing about um i may i may take a look at it it definitely got me interested when i saw the announcement Mm -hmm. that maybe it's time for me to actually check this game out because it keeps coming up as a game every so often that I that that just keeps being talked about. So hey, if it's coming to the Switch, I'll uh, I'll probably take a look at it. Yeah, I remember when it was first coming out, everyone was confusing it, the outer what? wilds outer with the worlds. outer worlds. Yeah, like, out of all the words to pick, they had to choose two names so close related. Then had Samurai Warrior Five. Now this is a long running franchise. I enjoy these type of games. I like just destroying things and killing everyone in these large-scale battles. And I have to say, Samurai Warriors 5, visually, it looks really good. The character models look nice and clean. They have a nice visual style to them. And this has my interest, but it's still one of those games. I don't know if I'd buy it at launch. Nice announcement. It's probably going to sell really well in Japan. In the West, you never really know how a Samurai Warrior game will sell. Uh, then we had World's End Club. 
this, this game was from the creators of Dogon Ropa and Zero Escape, so you know it's going to be all sorts of weird. Um, yeah, this isn't... I think it's a good announcement. It's just nothing that I'm going to be too invested in. Yeah, honestly, I, I'm drawing a blank about what this game was, but now that I'm looking <laughs> at the at the the PR article, I, I do remember it. Nothing really that I'm too interested in. Yeah, the characters kind of look like a bunch of uh, unused Pokemon trainers in yes. terms of character design. They, right. I'm. Sh- I mean, there is a legion of fans who enjoy this style of game, and this is probably the game you've been waiting for. It's just nothing that really clicked with me, which is okay. That's yep. what this directed well. It had a wide range of software. Absolutely. And then we had. Animal Crossing News Horizons with Super Mario Brothers 35th anniversary items. I still don't have Animal Crossing New Horizons, so... <laughs> I've played maybe four <laughs> hours of the game. Look, good announcement. Good announcement, especially if you are still invested in Animal Crossing. I, If I was playing that game, I'd be pretty hyped about this one. It was good to see that they announced this. Um, you know, if you're a fan of that of that game, then I think you'll, you'll get some enjoyment from this one for sure. We finally have a release date... For No More Heroes 3. We do. As Travis Touchdown will be coming to Switch on August 27th. And they gave us a better idea of what the game is actually about. And it's you fight aliens. And I have to say, No More Heroes 3, based on the footage in the presentation, it doesn't look all that hot on a visual level. I got to agree with you on this one. Like, Maybe I was expecting something else, but I didn't think the visuals kind of landed. Um, I mean, I know there's a certain art style about those games, but there was just something a little off about the the graphical style in this game. And I'm glad it wasn't just me that that felt that way. I'm I'm definitely not knocking the game. I I, I want to play it. I, I love No More Heroes one and two. I'll be picking it up, but it does make you wonder. You know. Um, this game has been in development for a long, long time. You could almost say it's it's been in development hell. You know what I mean? Like there's been a lot of talk about this game for, for years. And you do wonder, you know, why isn't the graphical style improved or why isn't it what we expect? But hey, um, once again, I'll, I'll probably reserve final judgment when, when the game's close to coming out. And, you know, I think it's fair for people to have some hesitation when it comes to the visuals of this game because when... The No More Heroes Travis Strikes Again came to Switch. It was riddled with performance problems. Yeah. And I know that was a smaller budget game, and hopefully No More Heroes 3 manages to avoid those type of performance issues. But, I mean, I don't think it's wrong for anyone to be a little on the cautious side here of, is this game going to perform well when it does launch later this summer? Are the, you know... It, some of it is definitely just the visual style of the game. It's probably never going to be a franchise that's, wow, look at those visuals. It's always going to have that weird aesthetic to it. Yeah, And it just looked a little less than I was expecting. And I maybe it's intentional. Maybe it's something in the game itself that will explain why it looks this way. But it wasn't looking too hot. Mm-hmm. But we are many months away. We're six months away from release. A lot can change in six months. It then had an indie game known as Neon White, where you fight demons in heaven. You pick up cards, and it's first person. It was a very fast-moving thing. I 
it's from the creator of Donut County. I never played Donut County. It's coming out this winter. I have a feeling we'll be seeing this game again sometime mm-hmm. in 2021. I really don't know what to think of the game right now. I didn't think much of it. I I thought this was another <laughs> title that just kind of filled out the numbers on the direct. Ooh. It then had Tales from the Borderlands. Now, this game is many years old, and it's finally coming to a Nintendo platform. It'll be available on March 24th. All I'd say is if you've never played the game before, I would encourage you to do it. It has really good writing. The story is well told. Mm-hmm. The characters are well crafted. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree <laughs> with you on that one. <laughs> Event had Stubbs the Zombie in Rebel Without a Pulse. Yes. Now, now we're getting somewhere. Now this one comes out March 16th and is a curious fact about this game. It was made using the Halo engine. That is correct. <laughs> uh, I think Aspire's doing the 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 game. Yes. Um I, I like Stubbs the Zombie back in the game and look, I always welcome when an old franchise comes back, you know, to recent times and um I'll I'll definitely check it out. Look, do I have reservations? Yes, because I mean, some some games, you know, even though there's there's a lot of romance and nostalgia, um, sometimes they they don't um, always you know translate very well to to modern times. But um, I'll definitely check it out. It then had this had leaked a few months ago on a ratings board, and I believe a retailer had put up this collection. But is the Ninja Gaiden? Master Collection. This is also coming to PlayStation 4, Xbox, and PC, but it's also coming to Switch on June 10th, and it is Ninja Gaiden Sigma, Sigma 2, and Ninja Gaiden 3, Razor's Edge. Now, Ninja Gaiden 1 and Ninja Gaiden Black are two of the greatest games ever made. Yes. The Sigma version, it's different. This was the version the PlayStation 3 got because Microsoft, they own Ninja Gaiden Black. They published it when it came to the original Xbox. And Sigma, they, they just changed some things and generally speaking, not for the better. It's still an excellent game. This is a quality collection. And yeah, I I had played Ninja Gaiden Sigma on PlayStation 3. I also played it when they brought Sigma 1 and 2 to the PlayStation Vita. And yeah. those were good ports. I am, um, I'm cautiously looking <laughs> forward to this one. Like you, you, everything you said, I agree with. I do think that the Sigma series is, you know, the um, I guess, you know, the, the B team, if you will, you know, to Ninja Gaiden and Ninja Gaiden Black on the original Xbox, which were just masterpieces, <laughs> right? But um, it's still Ninja Gaiden, and I love I love the games. I love the sword play. Here's my my reservations about this game. It has to be, and I mean, has to be locked 60 FPS without yes. without fail. Because this game, um, you're right, came out on the PS3, and it was good. Um, it it had frame rate issues. They also brought it out, if you recall, on the Nintendo Wii U. One of the games, one of the Sigma games, came out 
um and i have oh, that yeah razor's razor's edge razor's edge um and that's i love that too but that also has frame rate issues i want this has to be 60 fps um if it has the same frame rate dips as the other games and i hate to say it, but it's just more of a port than you know they've actually taken the time to optimize and and make it take advantage of the switch's hardware and and you know the, the cores and everything i'm going to be disappointed but um okay. this was one that i i definitely have my eye on for sure yeah it definitely has my interest because i i do love the ninja gaiden series i love ninja gaiden one and two even though these are the sigma versions it's not like they are horrifically bad versions they're good versions of great games yeah they're just not the original vision of the creator this was a different director and there were some slight changes here and there razor's edge is a game i have a very complex relationship with it's it's a bad ninja guiding game mm -hmm. it, it the weird corruption aspect it, there's just a lot of flaws in the game especially from a narrative standpoint and even in gameplay it's still a good action game. I think at just, that point, I, I I kind of just forgot about, you know, the lore <laughs> of Ninja Gaiden. And it was, I just kind of felt like it was more of a Devil May Cry type deal at that point. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can see that. Kind of, it was a fun, dumb yeah. action slash game. You just happen to be Hayabusa. Like but, Ninja Gaiden 1 and 2 are just fantastic. I, I do agree with you though. Like they, they took what made um ninja gaiden yeah. and ninja gaiden black you know masterpieces and just kind of threw them all away and rewrote the rule book almost yeah it's it's still a nice collection it's good to see nintendo get more ninja gaiden games i mean ninja gaiden was born on the nintendo entertainment system yes and to see it come back to switch with this trilogy is nice hopefully this is a sign of things to come that Team Ninja is working on a brand new original Ninja Gaiden game because we haven't had one since was it Yaba? Yeah, yeah. That's it's been a while. Yeah, which, so, which I like by the way, but I know it didn't get ooh. great reviews. I thought it was I thought it was fine. I didn't think it was like you know amazing, but when I started playing it, it I just had that feeling again that here we go. This is another one of those games that they've, they've nailed the combat and the controls and but um i definitely get why people don't like yaba very much then had saga frontier remastered now this was announced a couple of months ago but it was dated for april 15th um what's up with i this really game? don't did you see the yeah. graphics on this game was it me or did it look like someone just hand drew them with a pencil or something and and i don't mean that in the a good visuals way. aren't great they they're not great. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing with this weird HD sprite style. It looks it looks like they just dropped these character sprites on a background image and said, "Here we go." It reminds me of their mobile games that right. always look awful. Yeah, I expect that's what I'm getting this here. One. Yeah, I really don't like the visual style here. I unfortunately, Saga Frontier is a or it's a great game. But I can't, I can't play it yeah. the way this new release looks. I'd rather have the original. Just, I can't look at this game. This game just looks bad. I think, you know, and <laughs> I don't want to talk about pixel graphics and stuff, but like a, a lot of these, a lot of these games, for whatever reason, just shy away from the original pixelated artwork and they kind of retouch them. 
either using shaders or or maybe you know they yep. actually have an artist actually you know re- re- redo the graphics or whatever my my response to that is don't like you know pixel <laughs> pixel artwork is some of the best that you'll ever experience in video games there is there is you know a, there's an art form to drawing those graphics so why would you why would you mess those up you know unless you're you're making new assets for a new game then think about maybe just leaving them the way they are or at least just touching them up you know ever so slightly but yeah. basically kind of you know putting a, a vaseline layer over the top of everything and making it look the way it does is never going to get my my thumbs up no this is there's something about the character look the whole art style it's i almost say it's too clean yeah to the point where i don't i don't like it and I'm sure it's something that maybe would grow on me over time, but it it's reminding me kind of why I'm not a big fan of Bravely Default's visual style of everything about Bravely Default. You look at the outfits. Yeah. They look amazing. It's the faces. It's this doll mm-hmm. type face and it doesn't match the rest of what, you know, the visual look of the game. So I'm looking at this sterile, lifeless face in bravely default and i can't look it's jarring Mm. i can't look beyond that and it's it's disconnecting from the rest of the game and with saga frontier it's just it reminds me of those mobile games that they've put out of the final fantasy games or even the dragon quest games where it takes away all that atmosphere and general feel that those games had delivered in the original pixel art and it's just erased because they wanted to make it so clean looking that you Basically, you erased what was great about it. You got rid of that whole atmospheric feel. So I think it comes down yeah, to I, budgets at the end of the day, you know. Um, yeah, this is a cheap, yeah. it's probably a very cheap project. Right, right. Now, there were a couple of announcements that we left out of that list, and that was intentional. And one of those is Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity is getting downloadable content and it's coming in two waves of dlc the first wave will be available in june the second one will come out in november and they really didn't give us a lot of information as to what this dlc would be beyond it costs twenty dollars and coming out in the aforementioned months i'm not surprised that age of calamity is getting dlc this is very typical marketing and industry standard for a Muso style game. Mm-hmm. Will you be picking up an expansion pack? No, I don't think so. Um, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm interested in, in what, what they're going to ultimately show us, but um, I've always felt like Age of Calamity was a game for me that I would play for, a, you know, maybe, um, you know, four to ten hours and then just put it away you know what i mean it's it's not something that i'm looking at revisiting anytime soon i think this year will be um there should be a lot of big releases that come out and i don't necessarily just mean nintendo obviously you know sony will have ratchet and clank and and uh, and other games are coming so i'm probably not going to get this yeah I'm, i'm unsure Whenever it comes to DLC expansion packs, I need to see the content that I'm paying for. I don't want to just blindly hand you $20 in hopes that you give me good content because I did that with Breath of the Wild 1. I bought that DLC. It was like, oh, it's $20. They're going to give us story content. It's, it'll be good. And it was really nothing that special. Yeah. 
I don't even know if I would say I got twenty dollars worth of content out of that pack. I think that was the and, last Nintendo DLC that I ever bought was Breath of the Wild. Yeah, it's and the worst part is is I I knew better than to do it, but I gave Nintendo the, the benefit of the doubt. I was like, oh, they'll do it right. And the first time I got burned is I bought a map pack for Gears of War two. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this would be awesome. The maps were slow to come out. They weren't that good. I was like, I'm never buying DLC ahead of time until I know exactly what I'm getting. Like, I need to see the maps I'm buying. So this is just another case of I need to see what I'm buying. If it's good content, what's the harm in me waiting and picking it up in November? Yeah. You know, it's still going to be $20. It's not like there's an incentive to buy it early. And, you know, I'm fine with waiting here. But there was another Zelda announcement. And I think this announcement told us more than Nintendo meant it to. The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD is coming to the Nintendo Switch on July 16th. There will be a Skyward Sword HD themed Joy-Con, which will be released separately on the same day. It has a Master Sword and a Hylian Shield motif. And this is actually releasing earlier than I had anticipated. I thought we would have seen Twilight Princess and Wind Waker HD release first. And then we would have got Skyward Sword a little later. But Nintendo does what Nintendo does. And they threw a curveball here. So will you pick up Skyward Sword <laughs> HD? Um, probably, <laughs> probably not. If I do pick it up, it'll just be purely to, to look at it from a technical standpoint, which I may well do. Um, it will run at 60 FPS and there is you know, some enhancements that are coming for the game. But I wasn't particularly a big fan of Skyward Sword. And I do agree with you. It it is it was a little bit of a puzzling announcement that this would be what they would open up their account with as far as, you know, Zelda's anniversary this year. But I also wonder now, you know, in hindsight wondering, well, it, it feels like to me that Nintendo have had this game in their back pocket as as one of those games that they've 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 brought out you know almost i don't want to say to fill a void but maybe maybe that is true and we'll talk about breath of the wild 2 here shortly but you do wonder you know um if they did bring this game out or if they are announcing this game to you know fill a bit of a void in in the 35th anniversary of, of zelda and then later this year with the collection which we still believe is going to be Wind Waker HD and um, Twilight Princess HD and possibly a third game, right? Um, yes. Because now we know, obviously, that Breath of the Wild 2 is not happening this year. Um, so going back to going back to Skyward Sword, I know we want to talk about this a little bit. It was a weird announcement, um, but nothing really surprises us with Nintendo anymore, you know? We we heard we were going to get Zelda and this and look we got Zelda but this is what we got so we did. what what did you think about um, about how it all played out? What's curious is I'm re-watching the segment and they don't mention anything about the Zelda anniversary around this game. Yeah, it's not think, branded as I, a 35th anniversary release. I think it's intentional, and, right? I think it's intentional as well because they don't they want to announce this before they really begin that celebration, which I believe yeah. will begin 
after Mario's concludes at the end of March. And that's where I, I still believe a Zelda collection is coming. I believe it will be, as you mentioned, Twilight Princess, Wind Waker HD, and something else, maybe the N64 games. Nothing nothing outrageous. Nothing like, you know, you have people out there saying, oh, it's going to be the CDI games. It's going to be every single oh, Game dude, Boy game. I, Boy I wish it was the CDI games. That Wouldn't that be cool no. if they brought that? No, those can be forgotten to the dark no, realm. No, we must preserve them. We must preserve them, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but uh skyward sword i liked the game for what it was in 2011 this is not a game i'm going to replay on the switch in 2021 and i'll tell you why based on what they've said so far yes they've improved the frame rate yes they've improved the graphics it's an enhanced version 60 frames a second you can now play it without motion controls Motion controls were never my problem with this game. My problem with Skyward Sword was the pacing. The game had atrocious pacing. The game is a collectathon at the end. Mm. It has great dungeons. But for every area it does something great, there are two spots it does something subpar. And it's a really it really detracts from that experience. And this is just not a game I'm ready to revisit. It came out 10 years ago. Maybe I need to wait 15. Um, it's the sun. It's I, the Mario Sunshine of the Zelda collection. Let's let's be ooh, honest. Wow, you said it, not me. <laughs> I want that on the record. <laughs> you can quote me on that. I, look, I agree with you. I I don't particularly care for the game. It, it's it's nowhere near, you know, the, their best work in the Legend Legend of Zelda, you know, series. No. And there's definitely like, some things to like about it. And look, I also want to yeah. be very clear that any game that gets brought forward, I, I appreciate and I respect. It doesn't matter what it is. I, I love that Nintendo is doing this, but I also am probably not going to play this game again because I agree with you. I, I, I did not enjoy playing playing it the first time around. No, it's like it has some good music. Like that intro music that they played in the trailer for the Direct, I love that theme for Skyward Sword. I think that's a fantastic musical track. I think Groose is a nice comic relief character. But they need to change a lot of stuff of this game, like not interrupting you every 10 seconds so Fee can tell you this is a coin. Yeah, Coins are worth money. You hit A to open this chest. Like, I know. I've been playing you for 15 hours. I understand how to play the game. You have to remove all of that. You have to remove the collectathon in the second half of the game or speed it up like you did with Wind Waker HD. You have to change all of these elements. Maybe they did. We just don't know it yet. I hope so. I, I, I hope. I hope they do give it some quality of life improvements. Um, and Yes, it needs it. <laughs> beyond the, the motion control stuff, and hopefully they will. And look, if they do that, my my biggest thing about this game is um, if it's just a, a straight port with, you know, better controls, then mm -hmm. I'm not interested. But if they actually put some time into it and, and you know, add some quality of life improvements that, that do make the game better and make the game more playable and less annoying, then I'll probably take another look at it and, you know, give another opinion on the game. Yeah, it's. I just have a hard time getting excited for Skyward Sword. I know there's a lot of people out there who love it. There's an equal amount of people who hate it. I would have been more excited to revisit Twilight Princess and Wind Waker HD first. And one thing that stood out to me in this direct, 
I found it funny is how there's it's how Inuma is standing there and he's like, hey, <laughs> you know that stuff you liked in Breath of the Wild? Like the meter yeah. when you're climbing? <laughs> right. That was in Skyward Sword too. Like, please <laughs> buy our game. Like your marketing for Skyward Sword is literally some of the stuff that's in Breath of the Wild we introduced here. Um, would you please buy it? Like you introduced a, a stamina meter. Calm down, man. <laughs> I'm not going to buy Skyward Sword so I can experience the stamina meter. And that was funny the way just how the delivery went. I was like, okay, but it is interesting just how they didn't slap on any 35th with this. But as you brought up earlier, this game's coming out in July, July 16th. Yep. And right before this game was introduced, Nintendo was very forthcoming with information regarding Breath of the Wild 2 said, we don't have news for you today. We'll have news later this year. And that's, I think that said everything they had to say. Yeah. Breath of the Wild 2 is not a 2021 release. Yep. I, I really don't see any way that it can be at this point. You'd want a large marketing campaign behind it. And I think we're looking at a March 2022 release and this is going to be bring bring me back to my Splatoon 3 point. How did Switch launch in those first six months? Breath of the Wild, Splatoon 2. Why are these pieces falling into place right. for 2022 with these games all of a sudden? This is indicating to me maybe the Switch revision is going to come in 2022, as we have speculated. It's going to launch with Breath of the Wild 2. And you're going to have Splatoon 3 within that first, you know, the launch window again. Because I believe Splatoon 2 came out in July. What if they're looking to replicate this as close as they can, which, if they are, and the fact that we do have Splatoon 3, is it really all that outlandish to possibly think that a Mario Kart 9 is around the corner? No, no, I... I think you're you're onto something there. You know, 2022 feels like basically a not a relaunch, but a launch of the new revision of the hardware based on the same kind of marketing as they had last time around. It it's it's very clever and it makes a lot of sense, you know, that they yeah. would do that. So, and I I do agree that, you know, when Anumasan was was on the direct even before he started talking, you knew that he, you knew what he was going to say before it even happened because we were still 20 minutes away from the direct ending. So Breath of the Wild 2 was not the big one more thing at the end, right? So uh -huh. you just knew something was going on, but maybe, maybe it was, he was going to talk about the 35th anniversary, but you also knew that he was going to talk about breath of the wild 2 and where it is at the moment and yes everything that was interpreted at least for me was this game is not coming out we'll, we'll tell you more about it later on this year which will just be another update but yes the game most likely will be coming out next year and most likely with new hardware you know coinciding it now like the switch revision it doesn't have to launch with breath of the wild 2 that's that's just our speculation that it would make sense to launch the new hardware with a high 
you know, end release like a Breath of the Wild 2. It just makes sense to pair yeah. hardware with such a product. And with those statements today, I don't know how anyone's really walking out of that direct feeling like Breath of the Wild 2 is coming in 2021 because Nintendo could do a six-month marketing blitz. They could announce Breath of the Wild 2 for 2021 in June and have it land in November. They could make that happen. But then we have the Age of Calamity DLC coming out in November. Would you really have that DLC dropping with a brand new Zelda game at the same time? I'd say no. no. Everything points to Breath of the Wild being 2022. And remember, as far as we can officially tell, because they have made no mention of it, we have not begun the celebration of the 35th anniversary of Zelda. We are still anticipating a Zelda collection. We know the first release now is July. Yeah. So when do you put Twilight Princess, Wind Waker HD, the Zelda collection out? You would probably now position it second half of September, maybe October. Yeah. There's no time for this year to have Breath of the Wild 2 if it plays out the way we are saying. Now, you could flip this, and I guess you put Breath of the Wild 2 in late November, early December, and you have the Zelda collection finish out the fiscal year this time next year. You could also do that. I don't see that on this that unraveling that way. Mm-hmm. I think Breath of the Wild 2, we can safely conclude, is now a 2022 release. We can't say delayed. Nintendo never dated it. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, very, very clever on, on their on their part to, to do that. Mm-hmm. Look, I think the way this is going to play out is he wasn't lying when he said, you know, we'll, we'll update you later <laughs> this year. But I think later this year's update will most likely be a trailer with a date right for, for 2022 mm-hmm. right so i think i think yeah. that's that that's how this is going to play out there is no way that this game is coming out this year it they have to i mean your scenario you know your, your kind of alternative scenario where they do bring it out this year i don't know man like it just doesn't feel right to me that that's that's going to happen at all i mean i i, I feel like <laughs> If we were going to see something dated um, for Breath of the Wild for 2021, it needed to happen in today's Direct. Now, look, someone could turn around and say, look, it's Nintendo. They could they could drop a Zelda Direct, you know, in the middle of the year and, and date Breath of the Wild to, for the end of the year. And you'd be absolutely right. They, they could easily do that. But I just don't feel like it's it's a game that's coming this year based on uh, Ayanuma-san on the Direct today. Yeah, those statements definitely just indicated to me that the game is not coming out this year. Because they they could have just dropped a trailer and had 2021 on there and people would have gone nuts. That would have been a hype announcement. Holy shit. Breath of the Wild 2 (laughs) is coming in 2021. You know, let's let's get ready, right? Like, that's all it takes. Like, you don't even have to put a month on there. Just put a year on there. That's that's where we're at with, with this game. And the fact that they didn't commit to that today just tells me that it's it's not a 2021 game right and that's that's where that splatoon 3 to end the show kind of comes into play it's we don't have something ready for breath of the wild 2 right now whether it's because we don't want to announce it for 2022 this early on especially because we want to do that celebration we still want to make you think you have that chance yep let's throw in a brand new splatoon game to get people excited and we can kind of pivot so you're not too disappointed and look we have skyward sword and blue joy cons with shield and sword motifs and 
we probably will get a Zelda Direct in, you know, the coming weeks or months where they will detail in full how they're going to celebrate Zelda throughout the year. Typically, Nintendo used E3 to begin the Zelda anniversary celebrations with Zelda's 25th. It was E3. So we might be looking at June, a June Direct, where we really get the details of how Nintendo is going to push Zelda over the you know, eight months that follow. Mm-hmm. And that's a topic I want to get into really quick here. We have a general direct in February. Now this encompassed games pretty much up to August, some 2022 games, as we mentioned, but indies aside and game specific directs aside, like the Pokemon direct, those are excluded. I'm strictly talking about a general partner and mini. Mm-hmm. I don't think we get any of those three again, until june yeah i agree with you i i mean there was a lot here right there was there was 50 minutes and 30 games it it felt Mm -hmm. like we're going to show you this today because we're not going to be back for another six months which that's kind of how i felt like they they went through a lot of lot of stuff today i mean they could have easily cut this in half right and showed us something today and then showed us something in April, for example, you know what I mean? But the fact that they chose to pretty much, I mean, they talked about the first half of the year, but there was a lot of stuff that was beyond the first half of this year, right? So yes, I I agree. This general direct is is one that, you know, um, we're not gonna see probably for another, you know, five, five months or so. Yeah, like I could see an indie coming up. We typically have an indie in March, but that was when GDC and PAX East took place around that time so maybe nintendo won't limit themselves to march they could wait a little longer if they decide to and we know we have a pokemon presentation coming up next week with the anniversary date arrival um like you know you could have a zelda specific direct between now and june as well but just in terms of a partner or a bigger direct I think the next one would be around June. Typically when E3 does take place and we know the ESA wants to do a digital E3 and you know, a digital E3 really doesn't mean much for Nintendo. Nintendo did not participate in E3 festivities outside of having a booth. Their direct that they aired just happened to correspond to the week of E3. That has nothing to do with the ESA. So Nintendo could do that on their own again if they want this year, then they may. I think that's the next time we really hear from Nintendo in a meaningful way because they now have to, you know, detail what's coming out beyond August. It's Metroid's anniversary. It's Donkey Kong's anniversary. You know, surely we have something from those two franchises coming up this year as, you know, we've talked about a 2D Metroid, Metroid Prime Trilogy. I'm sure we do get a Metroid game this year. And I think that's one part that Splatoon 3 kind of annoys me, is if you have a 2D Metroid coming out this year, even if it's October, why not have that game in this showcase in place of Splatoon 3? Give a game that's coming out in 2021 that spotlight over a game that is still 16 months from release. Yeah, it does make you wonder um, the thought process there. (laughs) It is nitpicking, and look, it's it's very hard to, to... you know, question Nintendo's marketing because they've been so good at it right. you know, for such a long time. But I do agree with you um, that 
why show something that is clearly not coming out, you know, for a, for a while versus something that should be coming out this year. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's all about the hype and, and the marketing at the end of the day. Maybe they felt like now isn't the appropriate time to, to show Metroid off, even though, you know, we've literally been waiting years and years and years for something, you know, some bite <laughs> <laughs> other than a PNG that they showed, you know, a couple of years ago. Um, but I yeah. do think that, that you know that there will be another direct probably yeah i mean around around the time of e3 this year i think we'll, we'll see another one but i wouldn't expect them you know that this whole we need a direct this month type of thing it, i wouldn't uh-huh. i wouldn't expect to see that yeah i mean we don't know how long this direct took to actually put together i feel like it took them ages because i mean it was 30 games so imagine imagine getting 30 different trailers you know and imagine getting a whole bunch of trailers and then curating those and and paring them Uh down to to 30 and then having having the uh the 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 voiceover guy you know speak his lines and and then getting (laughs) anumasan to to record his yeah i mean dude this this was something that that you could almost tell took a long time to mount just by watching it. It, it was a it was a mammoth yeah. direct, and um, oh yeah. yeah, I think it took them a while to put together. This was probably a direct that they began production of late last year. I, w- I agree. And yeah, when you look at some of the announcements in it, like we had Apex Legends, you had Apex Legends in this, but last week you announced Apex Legends for the Switch. Kind of feels like you. Were- you put this together yeah. way before you knew EA was just going to announce the game on its own. You thought you were going to have it first because otherwise you really didn't need to have it here. Even some of the other inclusions like Ghosts and Goblins the week before it comes out yep, or like some of that stuff kind of felt like maybe they were planning something else with certain announcements and they just threw it into this direct to make a bigger show. And hey, it worked out for them. You had a 50 minute presentation. I believe this is one of the longest directs in recent memory. So it definitely got the fans excited. There was a lot happening here. Whether or not Nintendo wanted to kind of give us an indication that Breath of the Wild 2 may not be this year by giving us that Skyward Sword announcement, you know, that remains to be seen. But what are your overall thoughts for the direct itself? Well, I was going to ask you, but I'll I'll go first. Look. I know that, you know, we, we went through a lot of stuff and we oh. were critical of some things, but overall, um, I thought the direct was, was fine. It was not, you know, top tier by any stretch of the imagination. I thought it was a good good show in that because there was so much stuff, there was something for everyone. Like, every every person that watched that direct would have walked away today feeling like, yeah, I, I, I I'm into that game or i'm into um mario golf or i'm going to pick this up i'm going to pick that up there's probably about four or five titles that i'm very interested in and checking out and look i can't really ask for anything more like if if i come away from a direct feeling good about a couple of games or you know three or four games then i'm pretty happy look overall it was not their best not not by a long shot i'd probably give it a 7.5 out of 10 for my score what, what are your thoughts? I like the way that they had announcements that appealed to both the casual and core gamer. Uh, I think the one area that worked against them is it had been a year and a half since the last General Direct. And when you come out and you make the tweet, we're having a Nintendo Direct tomorrow, 
50 minutes long. February, Zelda's birthday month. Yeah. You're on the precipice of the 35th anniversary. You have such high expectation. And you could see some of the prediction videos out there where they were, people are anticipating Metroid, Zelda, F Zero, Xenoblade Chronicles X, Bayonetta 3. And it was, whoa. Yeah. Let's, you know, reverse course here a little bit. Let's calm some of these expectations. It's good to have high hopes, but there's a difference between a prediction and a wish. And a lot of people make wish lists when it comes to those predictions. And what we ended up getting was a, overall a solid show. We've talked about the, you know, the surprises with Famicom Club mm-hmm. or, you know, the, the Octopath. Yeah, Project Triangle. Yeah. yeah, Project Triangle. A lot of the remainder of the game was, that's a nice release. Oh, cool. That, that's, that's nice to see that get ported over. There was I wouldn't I'd say a lot of the show wasn't impactful. A right. lot of quality, but not a lot of high impact. Yeah. Outside of, you know, two or three things. Mario Golf, very good announcement. It will sell well. It's something fans have been waiting for. It needed that one more touch. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think Skyward Sword was that boom moment. I don't I wouldn't even say Splatoon 3 was a whoa moment. We know a new Splatoon is going to be made. Nintendo hinted at another Splatoon last year with the SOS image. I believe that this game was probably supposed to be announced already. It simply got delayed. Yeah. Otherwise, that teaser art really doesn't make any sense from last year because nothing else happened. (laughs) So what was the point of that artwork? And, you know, that could have been the case here. Splatoon 3, you know, really nice announcement, but I don't think it had the whoa impact that you... You know, you've become accustomed to with a Nintendo Direct. And I also think everyone had their hopes set on Breath of the Wild 2. When that's absent, it immediately deflates yeah. the energy of the show a bit. And I do think, had you concluded the show with a 2D Metroid, I think that would have been the yo, look at that, yes, moment that people were looking for. So, overall, good show. I'd probably settle in around, I think it's 7.5. Yeah, I think that's fair, you know, to say that. It it definitely was missing something. Um, Like you said, the the high high impact announcement, that real hype announcement. And look, we don't really know what was going on with, with this. You know, maybe there was something that was supposed to show, or maybe Breath of the Wild 2 did have a trailer that was pulled at the last minute and they you know they they put um splatoon in at the end there's a lot of things that we obviously don't know about how this one went but um look at the end of the day there was enough here because there was literally 30 titles that (laughs) you 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 had to be satisfied with something you know that if you didn't like find something in that 30 list of games that you didn't like then you probably don't want to play on a nintendo switch you probably want to play you know your games elsewhere yeah, that's the thing. Out of the thirty titles, it had to be a, had to be one or two titles that you walk away from. It's like, wow, I'm really looking forward to playing that. And like we said, you know, Project Triangle, strategy. You know, that's something for us. Mario Golf for others. Skyward Sword for some people. But you walked away with something. You didn't have to love the whole show. No one's ever going to love an entire direct. But overall, yeah, it, I think it did what it had to do. 
I think it was just simply a case of we hadn't had the style of direct in so long. We haven't heard about Breath of the Wild 2 in so long. You had expectation and hopes higher than you could ever live up to. And when you give people a good show, but they're expecting E3 caliber show, some people are going to be disappointed. But I think if they come back to it in a day or two, they'll say, you know, that's, that was actually a pretty good showcase for Nintendo. And I'm looking forward to, you know, Mario Golf or No More Heroes 3. Yeah, It was nice to get updates on a lot of the games we have heard about leading up to this point and finally have release dates for most of them now. Now we can move into some of the Streamlab questions. And we had a $100 donation from Calvin Atkinson, whom is one of the individuals this episode is dedicated to. And he writes, hey, Nate and MVG, which of these would you prefer to exist? A Final Fantasy VI remake on the Switch, similar to the DS remakes, or Bravely Default 2, or a Final Fantasy IX remake on the PlayStation 5 in the style of the Final Fantasy VII remake. As always, you guys make great content. I would take the Final Fantasy VI. You would take the 3D Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy VI? Yep. Hmm, man. See, of those two options, I'd go with Final Fantasy VI because I think Final Fantasy VI is one of the best Final Fantasy games ever made. But I, I still want it in Octopath style. Yeah. But in these terms, as Calvin lays out, yeah, Final Fantasy VI and the DS remake style. Yep. Yeah, I would agree. Then had a $4.44 donation from Yerk Diff. Writes, hey there, Mr. Nate and Mr. MVG. If you were to develop your dream video game, disregarding time or budget constraints. What might it look like? I'm currently developing my dream indie game, but I'm not quite ready to share details just yet. Winky face. As someone that's hmm. an old um, arcade nut, I'd probably do a an arcade shoot 'em up style game. Um, I think one of the things that I've seen in recent times of shoot 'em up games is there's there's something there's something that that that's missing from modern day shooters that that was was so good about shoot 'em up games in the 90s in the arcades that's it's very hard to put a finger on but I'd I'd want to do a a fully pixelated shoot 'em up game in the style of something like R Type or um you know something Ooh. along those lines that I that would be something that I'd love to do man anything See, I don't have the talent to do it. But I mean, I'd love, I'd love to make a game in the style of like a Metal Slug with that type of sprite animation mm-hmm. or or a light gun game, a really good light gun game. Yep. Just don't know how to make it work on modern TVs. <laughs> <laughs> then had a $5 donation from Matthew Hammond who writes, imagine if Nintendo never does a price drop before they reach 100 million Switch systems. Do people realize how crazy that is? If they were able to drop the Switch to 150 and the Switch Lite to 79, they would far exceed the Nintendo DS sales total. Yes, they would, but it would also 
eat into their profits as well. You think they would pass the Nintendo DS? Um, if they dropped the price to that, basically cut the price in half, right? I I would yeah. think so. I would think so. But the problem is they'll never do that, obviously. Um, right. But look, <laughs> if, if they literally cut the price of the Switch in half, and you've got you've got Zelda and Metroid and these big games to come, um, and Mario Kart still selling, you know tens of millions of units every year and and animal crossing and everything i could probably see them see, see them getting there i think they could come close I, I see the switch topping out around 130 depending how they calculate the total sales if they view the switch of 2021 or early 2022 as a successor when they're counting their sales totals then obviously we're going to have to scale that number back. I think they're going to just incorporate it into the same bucket, like the the DS, right. DSi, and, and all that stuff. You know, yeah, that's that's my thought process with it. I mean, DS sold 154 million units. We're 53 percent of the way there with you know the current Switch sales. Ah, uh, it's possible. I don't know if Nintendo will ever get that aggressive though with price drops. No, but. there's no way. I mean. They're not going to. They're not going <laughs> to drop the price. I mean, you've got people like me that buy the Mario <laughs> Limited Edition Red Switch when I already have two of them. Why did I buy it? I don't know. I just thought it looked cool, and that's that's how they get you, man. And that's why they've been so successful for such a long time. There's no reason to drop the price. Dropping the price will will definitely make them sell more but it will also eat into their profit margin. And there's no reason for them to do that. Yeah, usually when these companies look at price drops, they're always trying to spark more sales, but they know it's always temporary. And right now, Switch is just lighting up the sales chart. So yeah, they really have no reason to price drop. And price drops kind of feel like a relic of the past. We don't get those huge price drops anymore. Remember when PlayStation 2s were $99? Yeah. PlayStation 3 was never, you know, 150 bucks. That just doesn't happen anymore. We just move on to the next generation and we phase out the previous generation at a $250, $300 price point. And then one day they're just not on the shelves anymore. Then a dollar donation from Jackie G, who writes Breath of the Wild 2, Bayonetta 3, Metroid Prime 4, and Pikmin 4. What order do they release in? (laughs) We didn't see any of those today. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, other than Breath of the Wild 2, which we think is coming out next year, we have a, we feel pretty good about. What order are they coming out in? Oh, my God. I, I don't even know where to start with that. All oh. I know is none of them are coming out this year. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say Breath of the Wild 2, Pikmin 4, Bayonetta 3, Metroid Prime 4. That sounds good. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I would say so. Um, also, quick note. I know a lot of people were expecting Breath uh, Bayonetta three news today for because um, because someone at Platinum Games retweeted it. I think uh, the news about the direct. So there was all this yep. hype and, and rumors. But were you ever expecting to see Bayo three at this direct? I didn't feel like it was ever part of their plans. No, I didn't expect to see Bayonetta three. I thought we may have seen Platinum in a different way, but not Bayonetta. Yep. 
Then had a $2 donation from Liam Werner, who writes two questions. Could we see a Switch Lite Pro like how there was a new 3DS and a new 3DS XL? A Switch Lite Pro. I hope they call it something else. It's already got me confused. I mean, I, I could see a Switch Lite with the internals of the Pro, but it wouldn't. it'd probably be a year or two after the introduction of the revision once they are able to get those components down to a better size and they have a better idea of heat distribution, battery life, all those type of things. Yeah. And then question two. Two, do we actually know a Zelda collection is coming? It's a safe bet, but it wasn't actually leaked like Mario. And I'm worried people are hyping it up too much. Officially, no, Nintendo has not announced it yet and they continue to not want to announce this game. But... I am very confident that we do see a Zelda collection or at least more Zelda games like Twilight Princess and Wind Waker HD be introduced for release in 2021. Whether or not it's dubbed and branded as a Zelda collection, that's entirely up to Nintendo's marketing department. Yeah, this is definitely a... I mean, there's nothing official and Nintendo can always, you know, throw curveballs at us, but this is definitely a where there's smoke, there's fire type thing and I definitely think we'll see a 35th collection at some point this year. Then had a $10 donation from Ocean Man, who wrote, Love the content, Nate. Hope this helps keep the channel lights on. It does. Then had a $5 donation from Dan, who wrote, Wanted to get your feelings on the Switch 2 in 2024 versus 2023. Seven years feels about right if they do a pro version by the end of this year, early next year. If 2024... Total console sales of a hundred thirty-five thousand seems very likely. Thoughts? I'm gonna assume you meant one hundred thirty-five million for the Switch. Yes. I uh, yeah, that seems like a likely figure. Um, as for a Switch Two, the problem with the Switch Two talk right now is we simply don't know how Nintendo's positioning this revision. We don't know if they're using it as like a Game Boy Color and they just want to buy a few more years to extend this current generation, or if they're going that mobile iterative route of this is the new hardware, we're just going to call it the Switch family, and we're not going to do the traditional Switch 2, Switch 3 type of branding. So it's really hard to gauge when we would see a successor in the traditional sense of the word. If they wanted to continue that path of being traditional with new generations and such, I would definitely probably side more with 2024 at this point yeah i agree with you on that we need to know what's next what they're going to show us and what's going to release depending on what that is and when it comes out we'll we'll kind of determine i think you know when when we expect to see what comes after that because we don't really know at this point then had another five dollar donation from dan who writes what do you think third parties hold off why do you think third parties hold off on bringing older titles to the Switch? I realize I realize these aren't plug and play, but Dragon Quest VIII or Final Fantasy IV or VI would sell amazingly even without upgraded graphics. Please give me more Square RPGs. A lot of the time it's really they don't have a studio or a team to do the projects. It's unfortunately it is that simple sometimes it's we don't have any available developers to make this project for this platform or it's we don't want to allocate funds to make it happen 
Yeah. But as big as these studios are, a lot of, you know, you have them focus on one project. You can't take 30 people to say, hey, make this port happen. And even external studios to make ports, it's still a lot of logistics. It costs money. And a lot of these studios, like people look at Panic Button and all the Switch ports they do. That is still a lot of work to get them to, you know, get that project. And those studios are always busy. So it really is a matter of money, time, and availability. Then had a $102.17 donation from the Zelda Sensei. Writes, direct hype. Embrace, embrace the hate. Look forward to hearing from you two on the podcast in the coming days. Thank you. Then had a $5 donation from Skittittles, who wrote, Knock, knock. Who's there? Not Wind Waker HD on the Switch. Yet. One day, the wind will blow. <laughs> <laughs> then had a $5 donation from Agrius Oaks. Wrote, really excited to see Project Triangle Strategy, but am concerned about the prospects of a Final Fantasy Tactics port now. Do you think there's still a chance? Great show as always. Ooh. I do think there's still a chance, and maybe maybe it's the fanboy in me, you know, coming out and saying <laughs> that. But I mean I think that you can have Project Triangle and 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 FF Tactics as separate entities, you know, even though there's obviously a lot of you know, there's some overlap there. I do think there is a place for an FF Tactics, you know, game to come back. Yeah, there's definitely a place for Final Fantasy Tactics still to reside. I I don't know if I see Square doing a port necessarily anytime soon, right. but I would love for them to... I would take even the Game Boy Advance game of Tactics Advance. There is, there is one thing... Um, you know, I don't want to talk about this too much, but remaking <laughs> PlayStation games, mm-hmm. there's, it's, it's a lot more complicated than, you know, bringing back a, a Super NES or a Sega Genesis or a 16-bit game. Um, obviously, there is a lot of PlayStation branding in those games. Think about when you save your game, it brings up the PlayStation memory card. Insert your insert your memory card into you know port two all that stuff right everything has to change there's a lot of specific to the playstation you know button icons and and all sorts of different things that that need to be taken out right so when we're talking about bringing back a playstation game in 2021 there's a lot more complexity than what you initially think but having said that I do still think that there is there is room for um, FF Tactics to you know to come back because I think it's definitely a, a beloved game and I think people want to see it and I think Square knows that 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 as well so hopefully if there is a will there is a way on this one. Yeah, I mean the the fantastic series of games of Final Fantasy Tactics and I'm hopeful that Project Triangle Strategy, you know, satisfies in that way and it gives us that gameplay it gives us all those elements that made tactics so great and maybe this is the birth of a brand new ip that will fill that void if square doesn't have the interest of revitalizing final fantasy tactics it's sometimes it's just just the natural order of the industry itself is you just 
there was a time and place for one IP. We introduced a brand new one that is built up on that foundation. And that could be what we're seeing here. We'll find out. And that's all the Streamlabs questions for this week. If you would like to support the channel, we have a Streamlabs link in the description below. Donate a hundred dollars or more. We will dedicate the episode to you, or you can make a donation of any value. Ask a question. We will answer it at the end of the episode. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to give the video a like. Let us know your thoughts on the Nintendo Direct and our idea that Nintendo has inadvertently implied that Breath of the Wild 2 is no longer a release for 2021 in the comment section below. As always, I'd like to thank my co-host, MVG, for joining me. Thanks for having me on, Nate, and it was, uh, it was great fun to, uh, to dissect uh, the Direct today. Yes, it was. We haven't had a chance to do this in a long time, so it was fun to get our teeth back into the direct meat. And if you enjoyed the content, be sure to give it a like, subscribe to the channel, and until next time, continue to embrace the hate.